to the Gemara and Aflamid Hay. Hey, buddy. We're up to the Gemara and Aflamid Hay Amid Aleph. It's a very, very short daf. Amen. Amen. Nice and numb. Okay, so the Gemara said, there's a lot of strange things in this Gemara, and there's not a lot of Mepharshim to explain it. They said that they took him to the Beis HaParava. Beis HaParava. Now, Beis HaParava was where the mikvah was. The Gemara wants to know, my Parava, why is it called that? So, Amr Rav Yosef, Parava Amgusha. Parava is an Amgusha. So, what is it? if you look at Rashi, Mechashif Echad Bona. It was built by a sorcerer, and his name was Parava. So that's a very strange thing that they would name it after a sorcerer, which is obviously get, get the death penalty for being a sorcerer. So the Rabbi Nechananel says it wasn't a sorcerer, it was someone who tunneled under the Beis HaMikdash in order to watch the Kayin Gadol. And obviously they found out and stopped it. But they decided to name that room that he tunneled into after him. Either way, it's strange that they're going to name this room. Well. It was the room, and then on top of it was a mikvah. So like the, the room. He's either a sorcerer or he's a tunnel digger. Either one, he's not great. I don't, I don't really understand why they would name it after him. Either way, it's not a, it's a strange thing. But that's. He either dug a tunnel under the base of Mikdash to see the Kohen or he's a sorcerer, like Rashi says. It's a strange thing. Yeah. Well, the room was on the on the south side. Because he dug a tunnel. That was where the tunnel came out. And the tunnel digger's name was Parva. Yeah. Either the sorcerer's name was Parva or the tunnel digger's name was Parva. Either way, they're named after this guy. Then his he built the room. Rashi says, Mechashe Bona, his he, he was built by a sorcerer named Parva. Okay. So then it wasn't him building it, just him trying to see it, right? I don't know, it's a strange thing. Either way, I got, I got nothing. So basically, he, they found the tunnel, like, what it's saying down here in the little notes, that he built the tunnel, watched the coin roll do something, and they found it later. Yeah. But it's not good, though. It shouldn't do that. It's frowned upon to dig tunnels into this and make this to watch this. Evidently not. Uh, we have old history of tunnels there. So the Gemara continues, Parsu Sadhan Shalbutz. When he went into the mikvah, they put up a sheet of linen to give him sneeze. Why linen? It was in order to remind everyone that he wears linen on Yom Kippur. Then the Mishnah said that in the morning he would wear uh, garments made of 18 mana, and then in the afternoon it was 12. So the morning, so and the total, the Mishnah says, the value of both garments, because again, he wore linen garments when he went into the Kaidish Gadashim. He went into the Kaidish Gadashim twice, and he would wear different ones. The morning was 18, this afternoon was 12, and the Mishnah says totaling of 30. So the, I'm sorry? Yeah. No, it was valued at 18 mana. Meaning the value of the cotton, of the linen, was 18 mana. Yeah? This sounds familiar. Did we do this? Yeah, no, this is, I'm quoting the Mishnah. I'm referencing the Mishnah. The Gemara is now is going to reference the Mishnah. So the Mishnah said it's 18 and 12 with a total of 30. So the Gemara wants to know, what do you have to tell us math? 18 and 12 is pretty easy. So the Gemara says... Alright, not bad. Okay. Okay, interesting. That's a good point. Maybe it was to show that Shuva helps. Okay. 
he wasn't a sorcerer anymore, and they wanted to show the tshuva help. So that's a good point. So the Gemara says, "V'tana minyana aslashmina." Why does the Mishnah have to tell us that eight and twelve is thirty? I know eight and twelve is thirty. You don't have to tell me that. So the Gemara says, "How come Hashmon is teaching you the butzimahani le'navid?" It's teaching you that you have to have that both sets of clothing have to value thirty. You want to do eighteen and twelve. You want to do sixteen, fourteen, seventeen, thirty. That's fine. It has to value thirty. It can't go less. So when it says that it's a total of thirty, it was saying that that's the minimum value of the eight of the two sets of clothing. So the Gemara says, "I bought some mahani, tvei mahani leslenba." You want? I'm sorry. No, meaning the minimum between the both is thirty. It could be in the Mishnah it was eighteen and twelve. It could be seventeen, thirteen, sixteen, fourteen. That doesn't matter. Twenty ten. No, that's that's why the Mishnah said that it added to thirty because the Mishnah's point is that's the minimum. Thirty is the minimum. It meaning it's not a coincidence that it was eighteen and twelve. Eighteen and twelve because thirty is the minimum. You don't have to have the same formation of eighteen and twelve, but you have to end up being thirty. So the, no, yeah, yeah, no, no, minimum, minimum of thirty, minimum of thirty. You can go more than that if you want. So then the Mishnah says, "Amar Rav Huna, Bereder Rav Eloi." I'm sorry. The Gemara says, "Kuli Amami is the Shachar Adifa." Now it says in the Mishnah that out of thirty, what was the? How do you figure it out? In the morning was eighteen, and the afternoon was twelve. The morning was definitely more chashiv, which also would make sense, by the way, because the morning he wore it twice. One in the morning to do the service of the Katoris inside the Kodesh Hakadoshim, and then the afternoon was just to get it. So out of the two, if I were to tell you which is nicer, which you have nicer clothing, do it for the morning, because that's when the real service was. So the Gavar wants to how do you know that, though? What's the source in the Torah that the morning garment should be more valuable than the afternoon? Because in the Mishnah, it's 18 and 12, and it's 18 in the morning. So evidently, the morning should be more valuable than the afternoon. So the question is, how do you know that? So the Gemara says, Amar Kra, it says regarding the morning, Bad, 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 Bad. It says the word Bad four times, and that tells you, Muvchar Bad, that it's the nicest. That the, the morning has to be the nicest. Go to the next page. You tell me the morning has to be nicer. But the passage It says that in the afternoon he wore other clothing, a second set. Is the second set not nicer? Isn't it implied that it's nicer? The Gemara says, no, 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 just less nice. It just says different. Different could be better, different could be worse. It'll be worse. Okay. Oh, Tani Rav Huna Bar Yehuda Ve'amrila Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda Acher Shekol Sa'avoydes Tzibar Again, in the morning, he wore the two sets of linen garments. The first one was to do the service. The second one was just to get, get, the, get the ladle out. Get the, you know, the pan and the ladle out of the Kodesh Kedoshim. The Gemara calls that Avoydes Yochid. They calls it a private matter. The morning when he's doing the service, that's called Avoidas Tzibar, because that's a service on behalf of the entire congregation. Getting it is more just like, that's your job, you got to get it. It's called an Avoidas Yachid. Okay? So what's the difference in Halacha? So it says the Gemara, Tani Rav Huna Bar Yehuda, Bar Milor Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda, Acha Shekol Avoidas Tzibar, once he's done the first garment, Kayin Shas Laime Kesainis, Loiv Shava Oivir Ba Avoidas Yachid, Vashi Yibsurin Elot Tzibar. The Halacha is that the afternoon one can be garments that his mother made. As long as it's donated to the congregation, meaning the morning, because he's doing a service on the behalf of the congregation, it has to be bought with congregation funds. The afternoon garments, the second time he enters the Kodesh HaKadoshim, it could be made by his wife or made by his mother. As long as he says, I'm officially donating this to the Tzibar, to, to, to the, on behalf of the Tzibar, I'm donating to the Beis Hamidosh, that's fine. So it doesn't have to be bought with communal funds, it could be made privately. 
So the Gemara says, Pshita, yeah, Pasha. If you donate, who cares? Who cares if it's bought with communal funds or you donate it to the community? What's the difference? So the Gemara says, You might think that when he says, I'm donating it to the Tzibar, he doesn't really mean it. Like it's like lip service and it's a game. But he doesn't actually want this garment to be donated to the Tzibar. No. Kamash that if he says it's donated to the Tzibar, we believe that he actually wants to donate to the Tzibar, and then his mother can make the garments, the afternoon garments is fun. Then the Gemara says, It was said about Rishma that his afternoon, his second garments, was made by his mother, and it was worth a hundred mana. It was very, very valuable. And he gave it to the Tzibar. This is interesting. They were said about Rav Lozman Chasim. Shasla ima kisaynis meshtei ribu, that his mother made garments worth of two ribu, two thousand, very 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 valuable linen. But v'loy heni chuach of a kahanim levshad, the kahanim didn't let him wear it. Why? because it looked like he was naked. It was such fine garments that when they put it on, you could see his body through it. So the Gemara says, How could that be? I thought it has to be spun six times. It has to be spun with six strands. So how could you see, how could it be see-through? Usually if it's see-through, it's like a, a cheaper product. This is like, how is that possible? So the Gemara says, It's like wine in a glass. You can have like a glazed glass, right? And you'll see, you won't necessarily see like the actual color of wine, but you'll know there's wine there. So when he was wearing this clothing, you could see, like, it looked like color, the shade of skin. Like, you could, see, it looked like he was naked. So they did not let him. So it was a bit of a fail. They did not let him, uh, him wear that. Okay, from here to the end is a Misa. From here to the end is a Misa. So it's not a Misa. It's actually, it's... Okay. Taner Oni v'asher v'rasha. If you have a poor person... Or a wealthy person, or a Russia, born Ladin, and they go up to Shemayim for judgment, each one will not be able to use that as an excuse. For a poor person, they'll say, Why didn't you learn Tyra? And if he says, Because I'm poor, um, I uh, I find that when I'm doing daf, it's it's hard. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm just happy if I'm getting through it. <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe maybe because we said before that how much. Oh oh, I'll tell you what. No, it's very posh. We mentioned Rav Lesman Kharsim, That's why. Because we just mentioned that Rav Lesman Kharsim's mother made him a two thousand dollar garment. It shows you how wealthy they were. So now he was the wealthy one of this group. Okay, that's why. I'm sorry. So the Gemara says. If a person says, I was poor, that's why I didn't learn Tyre. And Shemayim, I'm like, you're not poorer than Hillel. Hillel was poorer than you. And he still learned Tyre, so no excuse. How do we know that Hillel was poor? It was said about Hillel This is before he became Hillel Azokin. Once he became older, I'm sure he was taken care of. But when he was younger, they said about Hillel Azokin that every day, he would only make a tarpik a day, which is a very, very small amount of money. Half a dinner. It's a half a dinner. It's a very small amount of money. Half he would have to pay to get into the base medrash. It's unclear why they would have to do this, but half they would pay to get into the base medrash. 
No, but I don't know why he has to. No, I know they had a guard, but I don't know why he had to pay more. And the half was for his family. But he had to pay to get into the base medish. Half was for the base medish, and half was for the parnasa. Okay. It was a guard. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I, no, I, 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 I'm saying I don't know why. Okay. No, but also there was no there was no tuition. It wasn't. I don't. I'm not sure what the purpose of the guard was to prevent people. It's not like. Why? They didn't have that. The system of tuition was not around then. It was the base medrash. Whatever. So one week he couldn't have money to pay. He wasn't allowed into the base medrash. So he went to the sun. He went to the the skylight in order to maybe hear Kedusha Yishma Devarel Kimchayim B'Shmeir B'Avtali in order to hear the shir from B'Shmeir B'Avtali. Amru Oisay Yoyim Erev Shabbos. So that that day was Erev Shabbos. This whole mice is also in Pirkei Avlozer and Pirkei Avlozer. Tukuvas Tevis Oisay was during the winter. B'Yardel of Shalom and Shemayim and it started to snow. Kisha Olam and Ashachar is a very similar mice with Rav Avlozer Ben Horkness. Okay, Kisha Olam and Ashachar Amru Shemayim B'Avtali. Achi, bechol yoyim habayis meir by yoyim awful. Shem yoyim emunahu. How come uh, there's no light in this room? They said, how come there's no light in this room? Yeah, I was thinking because of the snow, but I guess it was darker even than snow. They said, how come there's no light in the room? So, hitzitzu eneim. They look up at the skyline. Verad mus adam baruba. They see there's someone who's passed out. We're gonna see that Hillel. It was so much snow on him. He 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 was uh, like being crushed there, and they saw his his image in the skylight. So. There was six feet of snow on him. They took him out, they washed him, they bathed him, they put him by the fire to heat up. He's someone that you could be Michal Shabbos for. It was their way of praising him, that he's someone that, uh, that's going to that's gonna affect Klai Yisrael in a good way. Usher, so that's why you can't have an excuse if you're poor, because you're not as poor as Hillel. Then if you say the reason why you didn't learn Torah is because you're wealthy, Asher, if you're a wealthy person in Shemaim and they say, they say why didn't you learn Torah? If you say I was wealthy, you're not wealthy than Rav Lazar. It was said about Lazar Charsim that his father left him a thousand cities. As an inheritance, connect them elef svinus veyam and a thousand ships. But every day, instead of working, he would just go to learn Torah. So pamachas matzu avada vasbe anagria amlem bakoshim nicham henichuni. So his servants went found him and tried to get him to work. He says, "Please let me go." Ve'elech lumatayra and amruloi chayi rav lozman chayis hashem anichan oisach. And they said, "We swear by your name that we're not going to let you." But umiyamav. At the end of the day, he persevered. After that day, they never saw him again. They never saw him. So he was. Why were the workers forced to work? Because apparently there was no stability in the company without the head of it. But he didn't care. So Russia, and the last one is a Russia. The Russia. 
So if a, a Rasha doesn't learn Torah, they say, If he says, listen, I was very good looking and I had a lot of Yetzirahs, I had women who were after me. So I'm like, you're not, you're, not, you're not more attractive and not more tempted than Yosef HaTzadik. Every day the wife of Paitifar would try to get him to do the Avera. She would change clothing every day, maybe to entice him. And she would say, you should be with me. He said, no. She said, I'm going to put you in prison. So he said, He was the first person to say that. Hashem takes those out of prison. I'm going to lower you down. He said, Hashem strings out those that are bent. I'm going to blind your eyes. Hashem she offered him a thousand kikar kesef to be with him, and he refused. He didn't want to lose this world and the next. Nimtza, therefore, it comes out that Hillel requires all that are poor to learn Torah, because you're not as poor as him and he learned. Rav Lozim Charsim Mechayev is Hashirim. Rav Lozim requires all the rich to learn Torah. And Yosef Mechayev is a Rishayim. And Yosef Mechayev those that have Yitzharis. So no excuse. Now, yeah, I know but it's Yitzharis. Let's just do it quickly. The Mishnah, and then we'll stop. The Mishnah then says that at this point, the Kain Gadol is now ready to do his uh, to bring his par, his personal uh, sin offering. Bala Eitzel Paray. He goes to the par. The par was between the ulam and the mizbeach. The ulam was the room, the antechamber that led to where the menorah was, and you had the mizbeach. There was a space in between. That's where the cow was kept. That the, the cow was going from south to west. And the koyin was facing the koydish akadashim. So he's standing to the side of the cow with his face facing koydish akadashim. So the Gemara says and he put his two hands on the cow, and he, and he, uh, and he says, this is what he would say, we say this in Davening, and I sinned, and my house sinned, and please forgive me, as it says in the Torah, and when he said the Hashem's name, they would respond, Baruch Shem Kivayim Achus Eloi Lomvod. And we'll stop here.